You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we had a lot of snow overnight. You know what's interesting? When you know the weather forecasters will say, "Hey, expect a blizzard here," and then it doesn't happen, and then we're mad at the weather forecasters. So last night, those who predict the weather said uh, maybe three to five inches. Well, it's probably eight to ten. So now we're we're mad at them. <laughs> Like they, they underestimate it. It's when they overestimate and you're like, oh, do you see that? They were so wrong about the blizzard. And then now they go, uh, maybe three to five inches and you get eight to 10 and they're like, oh, did you see that? And they, they missed it so badly. Like, like, like do you want <laughs> And I like, too, that people are like, you got one job. How hard is it to figure out the weather? It's impossible. <laughs> it's the weather. Who the hell knows what clouds are doing? Do you it's think, impossible. In all seriousness, do you think some weather casters will kick it a little higher so it, it's less? Like, always, like, you know how you, you lie about your height as a quarterback? Yeah. If you thought it's going to be five inches, do you say eight to kind of make people care about the weather or be prepare? I think you always go to the extreme. Skew higher. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, Tom. But there's no real repercussions. They could just stay at the last minute curve to the right or the jet stream took it that way. So they could, they always have an excuse as to why they told you one thing and at the last minute it changed course for some reason. And there's always the guy who's got the truck that he is prepared for this day. You know, he can go 50 miles an hour. He's got the winter tires. He's got like 68 lights on his truck. And like he that's is blinding everyone, by the way. When oh, he's driving. Oh. And, and he is. I'm a badass. Yeah, this is why I got the truck here. Meanwhile, I got my my flashers on and I'm driving <laughs> like I'm 90 years of age. Like and this guy's right on my tail. Yes, Paul. Dan, I'm not saying I'm that guy, but I'm that guy's like little brother. I like it. I like it. I like to be prepared. I got the snow tires on, and if people are going too slow, I kind of push the envelope a little bit. Mm. I'm kind of that guy. Jerk. I know. All right, we'll settle on a poll question. If you'd like to help, Fritzy, you can. You can dial us up and make your suggestion. Let's uh, get to uh, Sean Salisbury, who I don't think has seen snow in a long time. Oh, you guys are so stupid, man. I'm glad you're thinking all I care about is the cumulonimbus cloud. Dan. <laughs> Whatever. The, <laughs> I remember that when I was like in the seventh grade here, the cumulonimbus. I don't know if that means it's going to rain or it's the fluff cloud. I haven't seen snow in a while, but I damn well tell you, I played in the peg, dude. So, you know, I know what snow's all about. You oh, know that's that. right. Winnipeg. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah. you uh, spent some time in Minnesota. A day or two, or a year or two, or five or six. Yeah, I was there for a minute. Uh, former NFL USC quarterback and host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Have you ever had a bad teammate? Um, bad to the point where it was like you looked at him and said, man, alive. Teammates who've been through some difficult times, yeah, Dan, but I don't – I try to recall a guy that you just looked at and said, this is a horrible human being. Why is he in our locker room? No, I haven't. Now, there's guys that'll do something and say, damn, what, what the hell is he doing? Or have had their, their, their run-ins. But I don't ever remember, as I sit here today, going through the 28 teams I was on or the little less. <laughs> I don't remember having a teammate that I thought, you know, and people do wrong things. But where I said, what a bad guy. And he's just a horrible, horrible human being. Nah, I, I don't recall ever having one that I thought that about. But you, there are situations, obviously, with Antonio Brown where you have a guy, right. but he's talented. Therefore, that guy always gets another chance and always gets. Yep. Does Antonio Brown get another chance? 
Uh, you can never say no, Dan, because you just hit it. The desperate measures or teams that are in a desperate situation or trying to save a win or save a job, the guy's gifted. The truth is, and it, it may keep him out, I don't know, because of what his, the, the problems he's had, what, four organizations now. He is as gifted as it gets, so you say, I can be the guy that fixes him. He'll act right for us. But there's been so much. It, we've seen this movie before. It's like Fast and the Furious 9 with him. And I personally, if I was a general manager, the, the migraine headache for me, Dan, is way too big. It, it now outweighs the talent. It used to be flipped. He's 33 now. He's still got game. But I say to myself, is he going to walk into my locker room and is he going to disrupt it more than he helps it on the field on Sundays? I'm not willing to do that. But I'm telling you right now, I refuse to say never or always in sports. It will not shock me if somebody says, you know what, man, he can get us 50 catches. Uh, I'd probably be more surprised if it's over than it's not, but I wouldn't want anything to do with it right now. Too big a headache. But if you can't stay on on course with, with Brady and Bruce Arians, then there's no other, you know, maybe Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but I I don't know. It just, this isn't a headache. This is, this is a cancer. Oh, you know, there, there's, it's, it's a bad thing, Dan. And you, you start to wonder, you look around and say, when do you, does the ingrate part of you take a step back and say, you know what? And that's why people get into oh, mental I don't know that. that's above my pay grade on where is mental. I know that there's something not right there, obviously, but this is a t- Dan, if you put it this way, if he was uh, 30% less talented, he'd have been out of the league a long time ago. It's the fact that people keep hanging on to that. And I get it. And we all root for people to get right success, but you're right. You think, I mean, this is like the last hurrah. We're thinking Brady and Bruce Arians and then thinks, but there is Andy Reid, who's a great second chance or 12th chance giver. But we're at the point now, Dan, where I think you throw your hands up and say, listen, man, is is he really going to be that big of a difference on our team? And if I was getting paid to be a GM, my answer is absolutely not. And I know that wide receivers, well, anybody, tight ends as well, everybody wants their touches. You know, in in basketball, I got to have my touches. Antonio Brown has an incentive-laden contract here. And, you know, I don't like those because you get into situations like this where you go, hey, I got X number of catches or I need a touchdown. Like, come on, you got to feed me the ball. And it's to the detriment, you know, becomes a selfish gesture. And that's what this that's what this turned into. That if if his contract was guaranteed, there's no incentives there or there was nothing he could reach then he's probably still on the team. But I don't even know if, could he have gone back into the game if he has an ankle that needs surgery right now? That I, so I'm trying to understand, Bruce was going to put him back in. He says, I'm not going back in because I'm not getting my touches. Could he have gone back in if this ankle has to have surgery? I, I'm, there's something that's missing here. I, I, yeah, no question. Dan, there's always something more to this story, especially when it surrounds Antonio Brown, right? And I don't, I'm not, I don't know the Tampa situation, the doctors, what they said, but he went out to walk through the day before, was ready to go as Bruce Arians had texted him, like you ready to go, and he was playing and then walked off. And so you start to think, well, was it the frustration that they didn't guarantee his incentives? And then that kind of boiled over because he wasn't seeing the ball the way he wants. And listen, quarterbacks get to a point at the end of a game, hey, he needs a catch to make a million bucks. Well, it's like, okay, let me get him that catch. But you got more big, you got bigger things to do when you're trying to win a game than think we're in the middle of the second quarter. How many times have I thrown it to A, B? That's usually not a priority. And Dan, but this is self-inflicted. And think about this. You hit it. Guess what he always used to have? Guaranteed contracts. Raiders in Pittsburgh. I mean, when I talk about all those bones, he had a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of 
of, of money up front was making a lot of money. So guess who created the fact that we have to put incentives in his contract in order for him to raise his salary? Him. Yeah. And if you can't, listen, we may not all like the rules, but if you can't live by them, it's time for you to probably choose another career because you can only get so many chances. Talent's an amazing thing, but there comes a point in time when you're more of a major disruption. It ain't a speed bump now. This is a mountain, not a molehill. And it's time to move on. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done the right thing by moving on. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the Browns, with Baker Mayfield, with his head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Um, you know, you have a report by Mary Kay Cabot, well-respected journalist in town, saying that, uh, you know, if he doesn't get assurances, then he's going to ask for a trade. He hasn't earned that right, that privilege to be able to ask this, but... Then he says, hey, this is clickbait, and uh, you know, I'm, no, I'm not your puppet here. Right. This isn't going to end well for Baker Mayfield. It is, but what do you do if you're the Cleveland Browns? Dan, I've pounded the table for him, and I've probably, you know, I've probably talked about this over the last four years. I have. I've pounded the table thinking I do believe it's been such a roller coaster ride, not only off the field with media, but on the field with injuries and performance in this one second, you're like, ah, eh. the next thing you're like, Oh, this has got a chance to be a $40 million player. You can't pay him 40 million bucks. So if that's what he's looking for of those assurances, he's not going to get that. Now, the question is when you're going to, if you decided to get rid of Baker Mayfield, Dan, and you know this, what am I going to replace him with? Uh, is it Kirk cousins? Are you going to get into the Deshaun Watson? Okay. I get that. But you got to remember that those guys are hard to find, meaning the elite five or six. Baker's in another class. I, Dan, and then the, the irony of this is he tried to go out and play the tough guy role, and I get it because we're always saying, we got to have you play hurt and injured or two different things. I need you on the field. So you try to fight through it, and in trying to fight through it, he not only cost himself but probably cost his team. I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to quit on Baker Mayfield, Dan. I'm not I, as a player. I'd like to see him healthy and full go, but I agree with you. It hasn't ended well in Cleveland much of the time since Bernie Kosar and that group left. It's been a while. Yeah. Great fans. I'm not going to quit on him, but I will tell you more than any time they have in the last four years, they are going to evaluate this position. Now, you don't stand in the middle with Baker. It's either you love him or you don't. I still decide that I think he can be a player. I do, but I can't pay him what Watson and Prescott pay. But you may be stuck with it and say, okay, let's give him another chance healthy. But if you're going to replace him, you damn well better know who you're going to go after, and it's hard to find guys that are a top 12, 15 quarterbacks, let alone guys that are top five or six. He's got a ways to go to prove himself, and he's really not in a major position to demand it, but I do respect his toughness and the way he plays. I'm going to side with the fact that Cleveland's going to run with him one more year, but I still don't know how that's going to end, Dan. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins in Cleveland no. than Baker May no, I mean, Cousins is a numbers guy. I've always said that, and I respect him, but Cousins is the guy that'll, and he played better this year. He did. I mean, he's always put up numbers, but Danny's only got me to January. I always say oh, Baker can get me to January. Most of the time, I think so can Cousins. Can they be the guy who says for a month, well, I'm going to load you up on my back and there's a handful of those guys and get you to February. And I think Cousins, he'll go in there and throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. But at the end of the day, you sometimes feel like he's like Xbox. You want to throw your controller against the wall. That guy, can you elevate when the guy's around you? An offensive line in Minnesota struggled. Can you do this in Cleveland? I, to, to me, you're, it's a lateral move. And you're going for it's a lateral move. Mayfield for Cousins. Cousins is a more smooth thrower. Baker's a little more rigid. The tough guy, Baker Mayfield. I don't think you're actually growing your team. But if you're Kevin Stefanski, who knows Kirk Cousins, you may think, 
you got it better. Yeah. I don't think the Cleveland Browns become a Super Bowl team any more now with, with uh, Baker Mayfield than they are with Kirk Cousins. This is a team I feel like is, is ripe for the taking. If a yep. quarter, the right quarterback in there. Now, I don't know about Kevin Stefanski. Um, I don't know about his play calling. I don't know about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to base this off what the Mannings said. When they, right. when they did the game on Monday night, they were at times incredulous. Like, oh, you got to be kidding. Like, what, why do you have your tight end in the, in the backfield? Or you know, there are certain moments. Too where, cute. Yeah, yes. and, and, the, and yep. here is the Mannings in real time are critiquing the play calling. Like, where's Nick Chubb in the first half? Like, these, they're saying the things that we would say, and these are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I just think that this team has the makings of, you go back to the 2003 Red Sox. They were, they had it. and You didn't know, but they did. And Cleveland feels like they're on the cusp of being a great team. But you got to get the right quarterback in there, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Dan, I want to believe. I'll be the first to stand up and admit if I'm wrong. And I, like I said, I don't think he's. There's a difference, Dan, and, I, and between a guy and that guy. I think your feelings and a lot of people's are that Baker Mayfield's a guy, and you're looking for that guy. And it may be Deshaun Watson. It may be Russ Wilson. What if it's Aaron Rodgers? I don't know who that is, Dan. Those are so hard to find, but you're right. I look at the backfield. I look at the, with Jarvis Landry's right in the tight end core. I look at the, the they've got, they've got Miles Garrett. They've got a great player at a lot of positions. And I talked to Troy Aikman about three days ago, and we're talking about building teams, but this is no secret. But when Troy says it or the Manning say it, Dan, we are no, we're no longer in a time where the 2000 Ravens or the 85 Bears defense exists. We got good defenses, but if you don't have, a guy who can, can do not only make the simple play consistently, but when it's the worst time and nut cutting time, and you've got to make a throw into a coffee can sized window when you get hit in the mouth for three quarters, Cleveland may not have that guy right now. Some think they, they do. And that guy is hard to find. There's only one of those guys that's going to be available, Dan, but you're going to have to give up seven assets to get him because his stock has risen. And that's Deshaun Watson. When the legal stuff goes away, he, he, somebody's going to pay three first rounders and a second rounder or two and a third rounder. He's the, if, if the Cleveland Browns had Deshaun Watson, he's a top five or six player in the league, whether you like what's going on off the field, which you shouldn't on the field, he's a player. And you're right, Dan, they are like about a handful of teams in this league, the 49ers, one cat away, one cat away. And that cat usually is a guy who can load you up and carry you and say, it doesn't matter who's around me. I'm going to get you to another level. Cleveland's still in search of right now. Good to talk to you, buddy. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Loved it. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year to you guys. Thank you, buddy. That's uh, Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, host of the Sean Salisbury Show and Sports Talk 790 in Houston. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer, and we have a brand-new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Just some of the poll questions we're thinking about since we had about eight inches of snow. If my football team played in a cold weather city, I would want the stadium to be open air or domed. Snow blowers are smart and efficient or soft. Wow. Kids should play in the snow or shovel snow. I remember shoveling snow when I was younger. Make a little extra uh, coin there. Let me get a couple of phone calls, then we'll get to the popular Iron Eagle here. Annette in South Carolina would like to help Fritzy with the poll question. Annette, good morning. What do you have for us today? Hey, good morning, Dan. Good morning. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Back to the attic days. Um, so this is a little bit already decided, but um, I wondered if the audience had had a choice on which Danette to lose, um, what the outcome would have been. Obviously, love is already gone. I just wondered. Well, you know, and then we let, let me start with you. Let, let's go back a month ago. I'll ask you, which Danette would you like to lose? Okay, so uh, Paulie is probably my least favorite Danette. I'm not saying I want to lose him. He's got great snark, and I love snarky. Okay. And he's got a memory. Like, how would we? How would we replace that memory? I mean, okay. You can remember what, back to what, the biblical days. What don't you like about Pauline? I don't know. It's hard to put my, a finger on that. I don't know exactly, but I mean, I, I like them. You got to come with some ammo if you're going to hate on me. I don't mind if you say I suck or you hate me. Just give me some details. There's lots of people online on, I don't on know. the. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really don't know. I can't. I don't have an exact. Okay, who's your favorite, Danette? Annette, who's your favorite, Danette? Seton. Seton's my favorite. And why why is Seton your your favorite? Seton brings a lot of color, I feel like. He's got um, good music information, which pairs well with you. You know, good discussion about music and tattoos and past girlfriends. he's, He's got a great laugh. Whether it sometimes it's fake, I know. But. Uh, wait a minute, hold, <laughs> hold on. Wait, is that fake right there? Uh, Todd, I think uh, it Todd's got his hand up. I, I just, I think the worst thing to be is when I guess I am in the middle of the pack, where there's no strong emotion, positively or negatively, You're just kind of there and to be put up with. You know, I don't love you. I don't hate you. You just whatever. To okay, have, to have uh, no uh, strong emotion. Yeah. Okay, so out of the yeah. the three remaining, who do I fire, Annette? Oh, three remaining. Well, I mean, what I was going to say about Fritzy was, I mean, he's a booker. I mean, I don't know. Can you get rid of him? I mean, he sings a little. I feel like if you got rid of him, your your medical plan probably get away. <laughs> wow. Uh, so not down a little bit. All right. Well, thank you, Annette. Thank you. Like, she comes up with a poll question and doesn't have an answer to her poll question. But thank you, Annette. Yes, yes. I, can, I feel for Paulie in that situation because it's like when you're like, well, I don't really like you. Why? I don't know. It's just a know. general feeling. That I just yeah, like, put my finger on Yeah, if it was like, you know, well, I think you're mean to Todd. And you're like, oh, okay, that's the reason. Why? Do I just generally you yeah. how you are? I, yeah. Just, yeah. Don't, I don't know. You're completely and utterly unlikable. I, I just cringe when he speaks. I don't know. I can't explain. I can't give you details. <laughs> Let's make the smooth segue to Ian Eagle or Ian Eagle, NFL, NBA, college basketball broadcaster. He does it all. 
Are you sure you want to dive into this, Ryan? <laughs> perfect timing. A completely perfect timing for me. Uh, Annette had a very comprehensive breakdown, <laughs> except when it came to Paulie. How can Paulie work on himself? How can he improve? <laughs> Annette gave no reasons for her dislike. Nothing whatsoever. It's just his overall being. That's that's tough, bud. Okay, how important is Twitter to you when you do a game? Do you care what is said about you? Hold on, let me check how this appearance <laughs> is going. Oh, not very well, oh. apparently. <laughs> uh, I pay attention, but I made a pact with myself probably two years ago not to check during games. During games, not healthy. Uh, will sway the way you might yeah. approach a subject matter. And then, depending upon the event itself, I may wait a day or two after an NFL game to see what the reaction might have been. And then sometimes you're pleasantly surprised. Well, people were kind of into it at a 65% clip. Not like Pauly, where they had no opinion <laughs> as to why they dislike him. But I... I have made the determination that, that it wasn't a smart move in-game. No. I've worked with people who checked social media during a broadcast. Not healthy. No, and, and it, it would paralyze them because they Completely. would be so fixated on one person saying one thing, and I finally had to shut that off. If we were doing this show, then you, you couldn't be checking social media because you were reacting to one person and not to a, a, a larger audience there. Uh, do you think that Kyrie Irving, you do the Nets games, you were there for his, uh, his comeback. Do you think Kyrie cares about what is said about him on social media? Now, no. I think there was a time, yes. I think now he's probably gotten to a point where uh, it's, it's not something that dominates his thoughts on a day-to-day -day basis. I believe that he got to a level where he felt he was getting nothing but hate and negativity and just determined that it was not going to be productive for him or for his group, for his staff, for his team. And then it becomes easily dismissible. You just dismiss. You say, okay, all of that we put over here and we live our own life. He definitely beats to his own drum. There's no doubt about that. But he's pretty comfortable in doing it, and he's been highly su successful doing it. So I'm not sure that's going to change anytime soon, Dan. I just wondered, though, what Kevin Durant really feels about Kyrie Irving. Because he came there with Kyrie. They bypassed the Knicks. We're going to be here together. And then all of a sudden, here's Durant playing more minutes than he probably should be playing. James yeah. Harden playing more minutes than he should be playing. And meanwhile, Kyrie is like, I don't know. I mean, might be there, might not be there. Um, do you think that relationship is still as strong as it was when he first got to Brooklyn? Yeah, uh, I think it might be stronger, believe really? it or not. And I know it's counterintuitive because everything you're saying naturally would be the way that most people would react. Hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Look at what you're doing to the team. But they've got a bond, a legitimate one. Mm. And I think KD just digs Kyrie's vibe and the fact that he doesn't go along with what everybody wants. And to quote a former Danette, he goes against the grain. He does. 
And he always has. And I think Kevin likes it. By the way, the fact that I didn't even get a call to maybe be a step in for McLovin was soul crushing. Okay, like wait a minute. Wait a minute. You attack you something. Do, you do the NFL, the NBA, college basketball. Yeah. You work for CBS, TNT, TBS, yeah. the Nets. That's true. Yes, Nets. Westwood. Westwood won. Yep. Tennis Channel. Mike, why don't you leave some? You're selfish. You are selfish. <laughs> I an eagle. Why don't you let somebody else do some? You're right. I left Sports Center so yeah. others could do it. You're right. You put the I in iron. It all comes out. It, hold, let me lie down because this feels more like a, all right. a therapy I'll session help you. at this point. There's some deep stuff I need to get to. I'm glomming. I need to stop the glom. How about It'll some downtime? Maybe spend some time yeah. with the wife. I mean, why don't you care about your family a little bit more? Who's this now? I... <laughs> uh, do you think that there's a chance Kyrie gets vaccinated this year? I would say there's a chance. Uh, all of his rhetoric has not led us to believe that that's a realistic possibility. But I think there is a general feeling that if you get around your teammates – you win a bunch of games, you get that feeling back like they had in Indiana the other night, that championship feeling that a part of him is going to say, all right, I'm going to do it on my terms and I'm comfortable doing it now because I'm doing it for the greater good of my brothers. And I do think the Nets deep down feel like that's still out there, but it's all on Kyrie. There, there's still machinations behind the scenes, I'm sure, between the Nets and the city and trying to figure out moving forward if there will be an adjustment. The fact that unvaccinated players can play at Barclays Center, at Madison Square Garden, road players, visiting players, and the home players cannot still is a little bit odd. Uh, there seems to be a, a, a bit of a strange loophole in that. And look, the obvious thing is you put an end to all of this drama and conversation if you get the shot but Kyrie and can that, play in against the Knicks in the garden right he cannot no oh, he cannot well wait he's a visiting player who's not <laughs> vaccinated right but he but he lives in the tri-state area they put <laughs> they, they did put an addendum on it because initially Dan I, I believe there there was a feeling in August when the word came out or at least started to filter out that this was going to happen that the Nets thought that Kyrie was going to be okay because his residence is New Jersey. And initially it was New York City residence. And then uh, Bill de Blasio, the, the former mayor, a change was made to, to make sure it included tri-state area. Uh, he is the peripatetic Iron Eagle. He's got the <laughs> Steelers and the Ravens coming up this weekend. Uh, are you all set for the uh, send-off for Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, is it a send-off? We, we have to consider the possibility that some wacky things happen in Week 18 and the Steelers make the playoffs. Yes, uh, we, we recognize it could be the swan song, but you also have to at least keep your mind open that Indianapolis could blow it against Jacksonville. The way this season has gone, I take nothing for granted. Yeah. Expect the unexpected, Dan. Best team you've seen so far this year is who? Um, Best performance I think I saw was Buffalo taking care of business, Josh Allen in New England. And it renewed some of those feelings that this team could be for real, depending upon what their draw looks like in the AFC. The Green Bay Packers have been the best team in football, and they should go in as the favorite. 
but everybody is beatable and this field is wide open. Uh, the separation between what are considered the elite teams and the second tier teams is not as wide as it's been in the past in the NFL. Best team in the NBA you've seen? Best team in the NBA I've seen, uh, look, uh, I saw Phoenix, I saw Golden State. They're, they're both excellent. They're both tremendous. Chicago is the best story. Cleveland probably is the second best story. Golden State and Phoenix are the two best teams right now. Have you run out of ways to describe Steph Curry? <laughs> no, I, I go to the thesaurus before a, a Steph Curry assignment, and, and I pluck a couple words that, that might be fitting if it works, because he is absolutely astonishing and extraordinary in, in his skill level. And it's a lot of fun calling his games. Kyrie Irving, I would say it's a similar feeling. And I did miss that, I must say, as a play-by-play -play announcer. Uh, Kyrie is at a different level in creating highlights. He's probably packed in more highlights in his about two seasons with the Nets than I had in my previous 26 seasons in calling the action for Brooklyn. And that's saying a lot because they've had tremendous players. Kyrie is a highlight machine, as is Steph Curry. Why hasn't Brooklyn embraced the Nets? No, I think they have, Dan. No, I've, I've felt a shift. Uh, I think it was lukewarm initially. People were sampling the product. But over the last three years, uh, I felt something different. You go into that arena and you are seeing repeat customers. You're seeing people donning Nets paraphernalia. You're seeing more of it around the city. I think there has been a shift, but you have to win. That's but, the but one isn't thing. this similar to uh, the Lakers, to the Clippers, the Knicks, even though the Knicks haven't been successful in a long time? Is, is that not fair to make that Nets to the Knicks, Clippers to the Lakers comparison? I think the one difference that I'm starting to see, having grown up in the New York area, the Mets were the second team in the market. The Jets were the second team in the market hockey islanders eventually devils second team in the market but they established a fan base both the mets and the jets did it took time it took a generation and i think the nets are planting seeds legitimately i don't say that just for hyperbole i really do feel it and having done all those games in new jersey there was no impact Dan. it's hard for me to say that now but i recognize that they were just in a black hole, a chasm of irrelevance at the Meadowlands. Good luck uh, this weekend, Steelers, Ravens. And uh, it's always great to, to catch up with you. And, and I, Thanks, I, I mean, if you would like to do a cameo and sit in, if you ever have some downtime. I can see that. McLovin I, can, I have the glasses. Yes, you do. I have the, Mc, I have the McLovin look. It's professorial. I will go with a different take just for the sake of it. Yeah. I'm... I'm in. Let's do it. And Paulie's my favorite. But oh. you got to be kind of average at your job. Oh, no, no, no. That That's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that figured out. Ian, good to talk to you. Thank you, buddy. All right, DP. That's All the best. Uh, Ian Eagle or Ian Eagle. He'll be calling the uh, – well, he's got – let's see. He's got Steelers-Ravens on Sunday. And then uh, I think he's got a Nets game coming up as well. He's busy. Um Got a lot of jobs there. Yeah, Pauline. What did he call it? Chasm of indifference? Yeah, chasm. chasm of mediocrity? Yeah. See, those are words that McLovin might use. Chasm is a great word. Yeah.
I, I'm not ready to put somebody in that chair right now. I mean, I think out of fairness to McLovin, we should wait a while. I mean, we started with somebody or with nobody in that chair. You know, it was just us, core four, and then McLovin came in. We're fine. All the people who uh, text, call, email, all the above, and uh, they're curious if uh, I'd like to have them come in and audition. We're not there yet. It's a little, it's a little too soon for me. A little too sensitive. You know, it was an amicable breakup, as we like to say, but uh, it still hurts. Yes, Paul. It was hot for about three or four days. My phone was buzzing. Oh, my God. People, and they didn't offer themselves. They did this move. So what are you guys doing with McLovin's seat? (laughs) But they didn't offer themselves up because they want to be seen that way. I had somebody who shocked me because they're in a higher profile job than I would ever think would be interested. And no, you can't guess. But this is somebody who's in a high profile job. And I went... Wait, a higher profile job than McLovin's yes. role in the Dan Patrick yes. show? Yes. 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 No, they're in a high profile job, not a higher profile job than McLovin. That goes without saying. Yes, Todd. Now, can Herb Street talk about other things besides college Whoa, football? Though? That's so, not true. That's, that wasn't it was him. not Herbie. It was not Herbie. No, it wasn't. But I, I was, I was surprised. I thought that the person was joking with me. Orlovsky? He doesn't joke. It was not Orlovsky. Not a joker. All right, let's take a break. Got some phone calls coming up here. Uh, Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma quarterback, or at least he is right now, is on the open market. Stu Gotts called you? Stu, how did you know? She might not be a joke. (laughs) I profoundly love it. Stu Gotts wants to jump off that levitard ship. (laughs) He's ready to get out of that. It's like nobody sees us anymore. Nobody notices me anymore. Not on ESPN anymore. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You can watch us live or stream us on the Peacock app. According to ESPN, the Jacksonville Jaguars are interviewing Tampa Bay Offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich today. He's in his third year with the Buccaneers with head coach Bruce Arians and, uh, of course, working alongside Tom Brady. Leftwich was also Arians' offensive coordinator with the Arizona Cardinals back in 2018. It's not a question of if but when, I think. Byron Leftwich gets a job. He'll also be up for the opening with the Chicago Bears. Another name that is still there lingering And that is the head coach at Ohio State, Ryan Day. I'll go back to when Urban Meyer was hired or going to be hired by Jacksonville. And my Big Ten source said Ryan Day would be a better hire because he would develop Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer will not develop uh, Trevor Lawrence. Ryan Day is 42 years of age. And I think it's a question of when he does, not if he does. And you had Justin Fields at Ohio State. I think that's where you put one and one together. And maybe Ryan Day would leave Ohio State for the Chicago Bears. I did not see Jim Harbaugh's name on this list of potential candidates, according to NBC Sports Chicago. He should be. I know that there was a Bruce Feldman report that maybe the Raiders and Jim Harbaugh, I could see the Bears if he decides he's going to leave Michigan. 
Uh, we'll get to more phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. You know, the beauty of this job, when you do a national job, a national show, that I can pick and choose what I want to talk about. And I can bounce around. It could be the transfer portal. It could be Antonio Brown. It could be Aaron Rodgers. It could be the snow that we had last night. If you're a local uh, host of a show, sometimes you can't get away from something. Like, you have to talk about it. And uh, we thought it would be fun to have uh, Tom Krasnicki on. He does the local radio show in Tampa, our great radio affiliate, WDAE. Uh, Ronnie and T. Kras, they got off. They do the show prior to ours. And I thought it'd be uh, good to have Tom on to give us what that local perspective is of what's gone on this past season. And Tom joins us now. Tom, thanks for joining us. First of all, if I would have told you a week ago that this was going to play out with what happened with Antonio Brown, you would have said what? I wouldn't have been surprised, Dan, because this has been Antonio Brown's pattern of behavior the last three or four years. And as you mentioned, yeah, on our show, we got a lot of Buccaneer fans. Now, there were some fans that were pushing back at us saying, Antonio Brown, I don't care what goes on off the field. He's a dynamic playmaker. He can help us win a Super Bowl. So I don't care about what happens off the field. Those fans, presumably enough, are not nowhere to be found right now, obviously. Um, what bothers you about this story, whether it's the Buccaneer side of this, Bruce Arians or Antonio Brown? Like, is there something that is doesn't match up correctly here? Dan, for me, it's Antonio Brown and what he did last weekend leading up to that Jets game. I mean, who would have thought that the most scoring he would do was off the field last weekend, the night before the Jets game, rather than the Jets game itself. But him complaining about the lack of targets is not really a surprise because he did the same thing in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago that led to his departure. And he was the second most targeted receiver at the half of the game against the Jets. So I'm not sure why he would sit there and start complaining. And then reportedly he went to the Buccaneers and wanted them to guarantee some of his incentives. I mean, You've got the audacity to try and pull that car with the Buccaneers. So his erratic behavior is all over the place, and that's a guy who I think is crying for help. What are the reviews of Bruce Arians and how he's handled it this week? I think very good. I think Bruce has handled it about as well as you can. I mean, he couldn't say much earlier in the week to us via the Zoom calls because lawyers were getting involved. And to be quite honest with you, Dan, I don't think Bruce wanted Antonio Brown here in the first place. And the only reason why he's here, as you know, is because Tom Brady still carries a lot of influence within the Buccaneer organization. So Bruce relented and said, okay, we'll bring him in. We're going to hold our breath and hope that he stays on his best behavior. And it was going well there for a while. And then the fake COVID vaccine card controversy came to a head. And then it didn't take long after that for Antonio Brown. But Tom, I'm curious. I don't understand this. If Antonio Brown is, is claiming about his targets at halftime, He's going to check out of the game, but then he does need surgery on his ankle. How how do you get these targets if you're not capable of playing because you need surgery on your ankle? Some, there, something doesn't add up here. Well, that was his side saying, yeah, the ankle was all jacked up, but he was not in a boot. He was not in a, you know crutches after the game. He was seen courtside at a Brooklyn Nets game the very next night, so... That's what his side was claiming. The Buccaneers claimed that he was cleared to play. He was out there. He was playing. And then for some reason, he didn't want to go back into the game. And as Bruce Aaron said yesterday, you know what? Get the blank out of here. You're done. 
Because Antonio Brown says that he gave the throat slash. I, I, I mean, my thought is, you know, I just think he's pointing to get out of here, and he viewed it as a, a throat slash. But this is what AB's MO has been in, in all of his different stops. But there's a moment, and I, I, I brought this up to my audience, Tom, the last couple of days. It's, I think, six minutes and 36 seconds to go in the third quarter, and Tom Brady walks down the sidelines, and they, they show this on camera, and he's basically checking in with Antonio Brown, who I think is basically checking out before he takes off his pads. And you could almost see Brady resigned to the fact that I lost him. Like, this guy is, has checked out. I, I, I don't know if Brady has – I want to know what he said to Antonio Brown in that situation because it was right after that where I think Bruce wanted him in the game. He said, I'm not going in. He said, get out of here. And Brady's on the field. Well, think of it this way, Dan. I was thinking about this the other day on our show. Here's Tom Brady, a guy who vouched for Antonio Brown not once but twice. He invited him into his home, took him under his wing – no, listen, he's misunderstood. I'm going to take care of this guy. He's going to help us win. And here was Antonio Brown late in the third quarter, down 24-10. He just gets up and leaves Tom Brady, and he leaves his teammates high and dry. And give Tom Brady a lot of credit because he's like, okay, he's gone. Let's go to war with the guys that he has, that, that he has. And with two minutes left and no timeouts, calmly marches him down the field and scores a touchdown to beat the Jets. I mean, that's what kind of competitor – and what kind of focus that Tom Brady has. And, and, and it's, that's something that we really haven't shined the spotlight on, that Brady just – Antonio Brown just committed career suicide in Tampa. Tom's got to get on the field and no timeouts, go 90 yards, and yeah. win this game, at, you know, degree of difficulty as at, at a pretty high level. Let's look at bigger picture. How, how dangerous is this team as we get to the postseason? If they get healthy, Dan, they could be very dangerous. Now, the big questions are Levante David, Leonard Fournette, Shaq Barrett is not going to play this Sunday. They hope he's ready for the start of the playoffs. So they can get these three guys back and healthy. Mike Evans is now healthy from his hamstring, which is a great sign. Then I think they're locked and loaded, and they can take down anyone in the NFC, including the Packers. Now, I would have Green Bay as the clubhouse leader because nobody in the NFL has a better home field advantage in the playoffs then Green Bay, and they're going to get some healthy guys back, namely Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, and maybe Zadarius Smith. So I think Green Bay has the edge, but with the Buccaneers getting healthy, Dan, hopefully you can't bet against Tom Brady. Tom, great to talk to you. Have a good weekend. Maybe an uneventful week. Do, are you hoping for some – you know, I was just talking about the content factor of I, – I don't have any horse in the race here, but you give me content. I loved Antonio Brown here. Uh, are you well, looking for a very simple, methodical, get a win against Carolina game, or are you looking for a little more drama? I'm looking for more drama, Dan. Listen, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, when Antonio Brown out of town, to quote Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation, he's the gift that keeps on giving yes, the whole year. Yes, he does. Thank you, Tom. My best to the folks at WDAE. That's uh, Tom Krasnicki. Uh, he hosts the show, Ronnie and T. Kras, that, uh the show that precedes ours. Yeah, he was talking about Antonio Brown scoring the night before. He was alluding to uh, someone named Ava Louise. She was with Antonio Brown, and uh, they were uh, in a uh, his hotel room in Jersey City. And uh, Brown ranted about the league's COVID protocols, allegedly said, bleep the NFL. 
He also allegedly said to her, I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. I can't wait for you to see me tomorrow. This is from the Daily Mail. <laughs> that's, that's in London. Oh, man. Um, but you know, it's interesting that Antonio Brown complaining about the COVID policies. Of course he's upset with it. He was suspended for three games, and he surely would have hit his bonuses yeah. earlier in the season if he hadn't missed those three games for lying about his vaccination card. Yeah. Uh, you have the Chargers and the Raiders for the final playoff spot here. I was wondering, of these two teams, which one is the most dangerous? Are, are either dangerous? Because I, I view the Chargers. The Chargers have beaten Kansas City and Kansas City. It feels like they have a, a higher ceiling than the Raiders do. You know, we've been down this path with the Raiders before. That they, they're really great at teasing you. Chargers, the Chargers still with with Herbert, wide receivers, Bosa, uh, just feels like they might be a little more dangerous. Yeah, Paul. If you go back and look at the Chargers season, it's like every time you're ready to believe in them, they lose to the Vikings, and then they you know handle the Steelers, then they lose to the Broncos, then they smoke the Bengals, and then two weeks later they lose to the Chiefs. It's like. And they lost to the Texans, remember, in Week 16? Yeah. Every time you want to buy into the Chargers, it's like they cool off just a bit. I know. But they, they tantalize you, you know, that, that great tease of, man, I don't know. But, I mean, that's why they, you know, you look at these teams. There are certain teams that are just built to be, you know, nine wins, eight wins, seven wins. That's the Raiders every year. And we always buy in in September. It's, it's like a September Heisman candidate where you go, man, looking pretty good. And then all of a sudden you get to October, November, and you go, not so good. Not good. In the words of Brady Hoke. Yes, John. I guess I'm asking you to make a prediction about Sunday night when I ask everybody this. Can you picture us talking more about how wonderful Justin Herbert is and the Chargers are finally turning a corner or Derek Carr not getting the love once again as he leads the Raiders into the playoffs? Is that the poll question? That's my question right now for you. Oh, nothing to do with the poll question. Did we really come up with a poll question today? We have. If your football team played in a cold weather city, what oh, would your oh, stadium? Oh, oh, what oh. would you want your stadium to be? And it's exactly fifty-fifty, domed or open. Okay. Well, let, okay. Let's let's take a poll here. Would you want your team, Fritzy, your Bronco team? You you find with an outdoor stadium in the elements. If you had to go to every home game, can they open it like when you want, like a no. sunroof? It's either one way or the Todd, other. Todd, stop. Joking around. I will go with an open one, even <laughs> though I serious. said how comfortable I was in New Orleans. Not Everything doesn't have to be a joke, okay? Okay, I'm going to take it seriously <laughs> this time and say, I, being a Bronco fan, I think it's very cool to be out, see the sky and the mountains and the, the horse and everything. So I'm going to go outdoor stadium. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Seton, do you want outdoor or indoor? Outdoor, okay. for sure. I like when the weather plays a, a role. Okay. Paulie? Even how I was a season ticket holder, outdoor, it's, it's worth the experience. Yeah, I agree. I, but I always say, you know, experience it. Because you might go, yeah, I tried it, didn't like it at all. I went to the coldest game, covered the coldest game in NFL history. Not the Cowboys in Green Bay in Lambeau. It was the Bengals against the Chargers. That's the coldest game. Now, if you could have said they could have played that indoors, I would have said, yes, I'll sign up for that. But... The reason, part of the reason why the Bengals won that game is I think the Chargers had just come from Miami playing the Dolphins, and then they go to Cincinnati 
and that weather, when they came on the field, it's almost as if you could have said to Dan Fouts and company, hey, you guys can go back in. You're going to lose, you know, be respectable, but you can go back in and fly back to San Diego. Because you could tell on their faces when they went out there, it's like, oh my. And some of the Bengal offensive linemen had short sleeves on. Like just, oh, you th- oh is this cold? This is cold to you guys? And I think it really played a, a, a big factor in Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, Paul. The New York City Super Bowl, was that Seahawks-Broncos like eight years ago? Does that sound right? Was it eight? A seven, I can't remember what year it was. Like 2014? Is that right? So that'd be... Yeah. Yeah, so Seven year. Yeah. that game, I think the, the temperature is 42 at kickoff, 44 at kickoff. It was like balmy yeah. for New York. A day and a half later, yes. they got six inches of snow. Yeah. They don't want the elements to play a role in outcoming, you know, the, with the outcome. But, you know, if you're a fan and you're going to play in that kind of weather, I remember the Vikings Steelers played, I think, at Tulane Stadium. And the weather was miserable. But that was for a Super Bowl. But, you know, they'll never let that happen again. Uh, ben in Minnesota joins us. Hey, Ben, what's on your mind? Morning, Dan. Morning, Ben. I'd like to give you a little weather report from northern Minnesota this morning. We had 36 below, and it was over 50 below wind chill. <laughs> and you're speaking of outdoor stadiums. I still think the Vikings should go back to one. Yeah, old Metropolitan Stadium. Yeah. And uh, most of us Viking fans have gotten tired of the Kirk Cousins experiment. So I was wondering if your thoughts are, is there any chance the Vikings could pull a trade off for Watson? Because I know we've made crazy trades with Texas teams before in the past, but I'd just like to get your opinion on that. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Ben. Good luck with the weather. Kirk Cousins is going to cost $45 million next year. <laughs> Baker is $19 million. Could I see... Kevin Stefanski and Kirk D. Cousins reuniting, I guess. I don't know if it's – is that the upgrade you want? If you're going to spend $45 million on your quarterback, do you want to spend it on Kirk Cousins? Can you be in the hunt for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or – I don't know. Uh and then Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has to want to play there. And you got Mike Zimmer, who it feels like he's he's got a warm seat underneath him right now. I could see them making a change with their head coach. 